Welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'm joined by Nick Rouse in Louisville. Nick, how are you doing, man? Uh, you know what? You're a sight for sore eyes, Freddie. You got, I, I like the Steelers hat you got on. And you yeah. also, so that's different. And there's also, you yeah. got, you're, you're, you haven't shaved in a while. I think this might be the closest thing to not clean shave. Like, you're always ready to go. I know. I go. know. Uh, yeah, the new me. How about that? Or, uh, or I'm too lazy is more the answer. But, yeah, I, I have uh, – I made two new purchases, Nick. Oh. And, and one of them is a game changer. Okay. Uh, first, I went to Lids. I got an unpaid uh, advertisement in Fayette Mall, who give a great military discount, by the way. But, anyway, uh, you know, after, after the draft, I go get hats for the guys from Kentucky that have been drafted. Or in this case, I got a Steelers hat, one of my hats, for mm-hmm. uh, Boogie Watson. So uh, I got a new Steelers hat, nice. which I am very, very, very proud of. It's mm-hmm. nice. Isn't it? I mean, you can't see it. It's a podcast, but right. just got the Steelers logo on it, mm-hmm. which is simple. Uh, and then I bought, uh, how you say it, AirPods? AirPods, yeah. AirPods. Yeah. Air, AirPods. Yes. AirPods, yeah. And talking about a game changer. Am I screaming right now? No, no, you sound fine. Because I got the I got the uh, the new generation of, of oh, AirPods. Oh, you got the fancy ones. Yeah, the noise cancel count. I can't say that word. Canceling, canceling, C- cancel. Yeah, I got the noise cancel earpods. So uh, if I'm screaming, I'm sorry, but man, they're a game changer. They're yeah. awesome. I, I don't uh, have to worry about that cord anymore. Well, and what. So I got some, and when I say I got some, my wife got some when she bought a new computer. It was like, a, oh, you got a computer? Here's a here's a little complimentary deal. And what's nice, Freddie, is that you kind of forget they're in for a little while. So like if I'm doing chores around the house, you just have them in. You can turn them on just by tapping the thing and turn them off. And and then you'll get like, the, the only thing is you're going to have somebody call you one time and it's going to scare the crap out of you because it's going to be right in your ear and you're not going to. You're not going to expect it. Yeah, I, absolutely. And you know, with with this this thing, man, I you know, if anything to help keep me active, I'll get them because I like to walk. I've been down a little bit. My hips killing me for some reason. I guess the thousand hits that I took. But mm-hmm. uh, old man, age. these earpod mm-hmm. AirPods are, are game changers. I love them, man. I can, you know, like you said, I put them in clean house, workout, just whatever, and I don't have that cord, so. Yeah, I'm moving. I'm slightly you moving. Look, into you look the excited. 21st century. Yeah, I am excited, you're, man. You're like giddy. It's you. You were the kid that just got to pick out the <laughs> the ice cream from the ice cream man. You know. Yeah. You be happy yeah. right now. I'm serious, man. These things fire me up because, uh, you know, I, I I've lost. I can't tell you how many pairs of those ones that you plug into your phone. I'm how many of those I've lost. So. Yeah. yeah don't to, lose. Uh, don't lose these. Yeah, no, no. But but if you lose them. There's a way to track where they are. It's what I hear. I don't know mm-hmm. how to do. Them. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, my <laughs> new purchase is has uh, got me fired up. Uh, lost the coach to Michigan. Yeah. Steve Cleanscale goes to Michigan. Nick, I didn't Not know. fired up about that. No, no, me neither. But here's the deal with that. Um, you know, Clink's a good guy. He's a great guy. Uh, I know Clink. Uh, I, I think the world of him and his family. 
if this is this this is the decision that he wants, and uh, you know I'm I'm all for him. I support him 100 and wish him nothing but the very best at Michigan. Uh, but if you take a step back and look at it, uh, for him, I, I, most likely the 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 money is a little better at Michigan. I don't know mm-hmm. the details and uh, the possibility of moving into a co-defensive coordinator position is there, even though he was, the, he was named recently as the passing game coordinator for Kentucky. Uh, you got to realize Clink was the defensive coordinator at Cincinnati prior to coming to Kentucky. Right. So right. he has experience as a coordinator. Um, but if you, if you take a step back and look at Michigan as a program, under Jim Harbaugh, uh, you know, they were two and four a year ago. So mm, Kentucky yeah. and Michigan, are the trajectory of each of them is different. Kentucky is tr- is very much trending upwards. Michigan, not so much. Uh, Harbaugh is 0-5, I think, against Ohio State. He's 1-4 against Michigan State, 1-8 against ranked opponents. And, uh, you know, that that's not very good in Ann Arbor. So – his seat, even though he signed a contract extension, probably reworked that in some manner. Uh, his seat is a little bit warm. So the stability uh, of the move to Michigan for Clink is not there as far as the head coach is concerned because, right. as we as we all know, Mark Stoops is locked in at Kentucky. I mean, he is their, he is their guy at UK. So uh, that, that, that seems kind of odd. Uh, Michigan is a great logo, and that's about it right now, to yeah. be quite honest with you. The the one thing I would say, though, Freddie, uh, and you alluded to it at some point, uh, but I do think that mobility outweighs stability in that the guy he's replacing wasn't even on Michigan staff for three months. Yeah. He, he got hired and then immediately got the Buffalo head coaching job. X hires X Michigan or insert school name here hires X Michigan assistant coach. I feel like that's something that happens quite a bit. And being a part of a name brand is, uh, is an easy sell at another school. So he, as you're climbing up the coaching ladder, that's an easy place to jump from one step to the next. And uh, to be frank, it's almost, I don't – it's almost like he maxed out what he could do at Kentucky. Uh, he did great. He did about everything you could ask for, uh, not only recruiting-wise from the state of Michigan, but also developing UK's pass defense. But, uh, you know, Stoops has done a good job promoting from within, but it feels like yeah. Summerall is next in line if White gets a head coaching job elsewhere. Uh, and that, you know, kind of leagues clink scale – without anywhere to go so for the five years he gave that's a long time for an assistant you got to yeah. thank him for his contributions um because yeah, he did do a bang-up job at kentucky for did a great job did a great job he did, did a great job expectations yeah you know kentucky is a player development program uh many um you know can the mark stoops roster is not filled with four and five star players yet kentucky has gotten the results from those players in areas with heavy influence from Steve Klingscale. Look at the pass defense. The last two years, Kentucky's led the SEC in pass defense. 2019, uh, UK allowed 167 yards per game, which was first in the SEC. And then last year, 224 yards, which was first in the SEC. Uh, so that is a direct result 
of Steve Klinkscale's impact and development of those players. He's put four DBs in the NFL in the last three years. Mike Edwards won a Super Bowl. Excuse me, won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. Lonnie Johnson with Houston. Kelvin Joseph this last year drafted to the Cowboys. Brandon Eccles to the Jets. So great job there by Clint. Kentucky also led the SEC uh, in interceptions in 2020 with 16. Mm-hmm. But an interesting breakdown, Nick. If you if you dive deeper into that number. The DBs had eight or half of those interceptions. The linebackers had six. The defensive line had two. So uh, that is a, that is an interesting number to me. Uh, but overall, recruiting, development, recruiting with Marquan McCall out of Michigan, uh, Justin Rogers, DeAndre Square, all from Michigan, Jeremy Flax from Michigan and Junior College and the Wade Twins out of Nashville. It was good to see that the Wade Twins – uh, said yesterday via social media that, that they're, you know, I paraphrase that they're committed to the to Kentucky, not a person, not not to yeah. Clean Scale. So well, that's good. Clean Scale wasn't the only one recruiting them too, Freddie. No, that was good. Uh, with 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 the with the Wade twins, you have Leon Cohen and Brad White both as co coordinators, or not sorry, co coordinators as co recruiters. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that that the Wade twins are still solid with Kentucky, which is a very good thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and I, I think what you're going to see to Freddie is Kentucky. I don't think they're going to just try to find somebody to compete with Clink at Michigan. That seems silly. Uh, for Clink, it seems like a, a good move. Hey, if I can recruit Michigan guys at Kentucky, then it should be easy to do that in Michigan. So I understand it from that perspective. And from Kentucky's to fill that void, he got a lot of. He didn't. It wasn't. It was. A, it was a quality over quantity. Where, uh, you know, Vince Merrill gets a lot of guys from Kentucky and from Ohio. Quink would get what two to five a class, maybe. But yeah. they're all big time players. DeAndre Square yeah. played a ton of football at Kentucky. Justin Rogers, Marquand McCall, Jeremy Flax. He's in the line for a starting spot this year. DeAndre Buford, Ernest Sanders. Those are some highly touted guys for Kentucky. They just. I, I think this is. All right, John Summer, I'll take the gloves off. Go get some big dogs um, because you've got to f- be able to still find that quality elsewhere. Absolutely. And, and, and Summer has, has done a great job recruiting the South. Uh, we see Anwar Stewart now picking up in the Atlanta area, doing a, doing a good job there. He's uh, got Vince Mara. Yeah, he's, this, he's got a great area to recruit from. Yeah. And uh, Anwar, it's his time to. All right, well, we lost one. All right, Anwar, go get us some dudes. Yeah, and I think I think he is uh, he is poised uh, to do so, especially in a, in an area that produces so many pros in Atlanta. Uh, you know, absolutely, Anwar is is ready to step up. But there's other coaches on that staff uh, that are going to have to to fill that void left, especially in recruiting with clean scale gone, uh, and we'll see how Kentucky. Uh, works that strategy of, of where where do they focus? Is less focus now going to be off of Michigan and, and put that elsewhere? We'll see. I think the Atlanta area and Georgia with uh, with two guys, the two two coaches in, in Georgia with Sumrall and Amwar Stewart. I think that could become more of a focus. So that's something that, to keep our eyes on uh, going forward. Replacing Clay Scale, like you said. Uh, Kentucky, Mark Stoops has nailed his 
most recent defensive hires. If you, if you look at Brad yeah. White, if you look mm-hmm. at John Sumrall, Amwar Stewart, those are those I mean, are quality hires. And then Frank Buffano was hired from the support staff to move into that safeties coach, uh, coach the safeties. But Frank had, had, had vast coaching experience before going to a staff role at Kentucky, been with Stoops a long time. And I think as we look at the strength of the Kentucky team, you obviously have to look at the safeties and nickel positions and those that that's coached by Frank Buffano. So I think that, that Frank has, has, uh, has developed into a quality hire for Mark Stoops and, and Mark Stoops himself coaches the DB. So I don't think there's going to be an immediate, okay, we got to hire somebody now uh, because of Frank's development as, as a safeties coach, Mark Stoops himself coaching uh, the DBs. So it could be another hire from within. And then that's something to look at, or mm-hmm. it could be a, okay, we're going to do a national search. We're going to, he's going to take his time because Stoops never, uh, if you look at it, is never in a hurry to hire. He takes his time. He, he analyzes the situation and he finds the best fit for the culture of that program. So it could take a while. And, uh, but I, I think that, that he will fill that role with someone in, in recent history of hiring is going to be, uh, be able to develop those corners because if you look at it, not only is Kentucky missing um, the development of, of all those, uh, those four pro players of recruiting that Clink did, He's got two – well, actually, Kentucky has one new starting corner, and that's going to be Carrington Valentine most likely. Yeah, Dort Cedric gets... Dort started a year. He, right. People forget about that. He was, he was the starting corner in 2019. So he has a year of starts under his belt. He's played a lot of football. But you're going to you, – you, whoever is that cornerback's coach is going to have to develop two new starters at that position, and that's significant. No, it, it certainly is. Uh, but both guys, like you said, have played a decent amount. And here's the thing, too, Freddie. Like, we've seen Kentucky football practices. Whoever they get, Mark Stoops is going to be with those DBs whenever they're working out in individuals. That's, Absolutely. That's what yeah. Stoops does. So, I think yeah. you can have some confidence that, hell, even if this guy is a home run right away, Stoops is going to make sure that the DBs are in check. So uh, I do think he'll want to get something done before June, just because the recruiting period is going to be open back up then. And, you know, if you're going to be recruiting defensive backs or anybody of that nature, you want to have your staff intact. Like, hey, this yeah. is who you're going to play for. This is who you're going to get to know. So, and it's just a matter of, I mean, that's something you just want to have finished over with. Yeah. So you can move on and focus all of your attention on the recruiting in the month of June. Absolutely. And, and fall camp, uh, you know, it's, it's coming, it's coming, it, it's moving closer and closer by the day. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how, 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 <clears throat> how Mark Stevens fills that role. Speaking of defensive back, Kentucky got a commitment from Alex Safari, uh, Lakota West athlete slash DB four-star player, six two one ninety five. He certainly fits the bill of what Kentucky's looking at from the measurables standpoint at the position. Uh, I think uh, Afari, Afari is a big-time pickup for Vince Merrill and Kentucky. Uh, he, he reminds folks of Lonnie Johnson, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big, strong, athletic, uh, twitchy cornerback or, or DB. He could play corner. He could play safety. 
who knows he could end up playing linebacker. There's there's so much, so many things that Brad White could do with an athlete like Afari. Uh, I think he is a big, big time pickup for Kentucky and a significant commitment uh, uh, for that position room. So uh, Vince Merrill lands another one, Nick. So he continues to do what he does. Yeah, I don't anticipate uh, him being a we're going to be a day one starter kind of guy. But I do think that he's going to be a two or three years down the road, be like, oh, I forgot about him. He's got he's got some tools. And if you get the right coaching, can really blossom into to an impact player because he he does have the, the physical tools to be, uh, like you said, like Alani Johnson in the Southeastern yeah. Conference. Yeah, because Lonnie, you know, played corner. Now he's playing safety in the NFL some. So uh, he is that versatile defensive back that can play many roles. He could play nickel. He could he could move him down in the box against the run. There's so many different things that you could do uh, with an athlete like Afari. So a uh, significant pickup for Kentucky. Uh, I wrote a series, Nick, on the website, replacing, mm-hmm. you fill in the blank, all the yeah. NFL guys. And, and sleep, Steve Klinkscale. Um, right. I thought we could go in, in the last segment of this podcast and rank the level of difficulty of replacing the Kentucky players that, that have moved on to the NFL. Okay. So, <clears throat> first being the most difficult, I think replacing, obviously, Jamin Davis is, is my number one. Uh, difficulty level of, of Kentucky replacing will be Jamin Davis. Yeah, yeah. Here's why. Because that Mike linebacker position uh, has to be filled with a, with a dude, with a, with a straight-up playmaker. You had Jamin Davis. You had Chris Oates before him. Uh, just two dynamic playmakers. Athletes could run to the football, make tackles. Uh, Jamin Davis with three interceptions a year ago, I meant – just do it all linebackers. I think I think it's an easy easy choice for me that Jamin Davis would be the most difficult to replace for Kentucky. Yeah, there there's there's no doubt about that, especially when you consider some of these, you gotta realize what's also on the roster and ready to yeah. rock rock and roll. Yeah. And that's what Jared Jackson, you know, he 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 was well on his way too, and then he went goes and gets injured in spring practice too. So it makes it even more difficult. Uh, I will just add, unrelated, schedule came out today. Davis gets to play against his favorite team growing up in the first week of the season. First NFL game against the Chargers. And, uh, oh, wow. He grew up cheering for uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, LT, back in the day. So, <laughs> how, about, cool. uh, how about, yeah, Jamin's first uh, game out of the block facing the Chargers and, and Justin Herbert. That That's going to be a challenge yeah. for him. Uh, uh, also, going against that quarterback. Challenge. Steelers play the Bills week one. Yeah. Oh Lord, yeah, mm. yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm a little concerned about my Steelers, to be quite honest with you. Which it segue might, might, seg- might be your Bills by then? <laughs> could be, could be. Which segues into, uh, you know, my number two most difficult player to replace uh, was not drafted, but an unsigned free agent, Boogie Watson, uh, is my number two most difficult player to replace because, you know, Boogie played in nearly 50 games, 29 starts. 28 and a half uh, uh, tackles for loss, 18 and a half quarterback sacks, very active, very consistent uh, defender, played both sides or, or played both outside linebacker roles. To me, 
of all the players that Kentucky lost this year, Boogie Watson is the second most difficult to replace Nick. And even if you don't see just – if you didn't just see the production last year and the sack column last year, it – he sprayed the board. <laughs> yeah, he A did. A lot of stats. And without – I mean, the name of the game in football is quarterback playing, getting pressure on the quarterback. And uh, Jordan Wright has done it at times. He hasn't been consistent. You need that consistency from the edge position and finding somebody to fill Boogie Watson's shoes – J.J. Weaver showed a lot of promise as a, fresh, as a true freshman and a redshirt freshman, but coming back off that injury, you're going to be asking a lot of them. So uh, that's, that's like you said, Freddie, I, you, it's, it's crazy that we haven't mentioned the best center in U.K. history yet, but yeah, that, that that's how big those guys played for U.K., and that's how tough it is when we find somebody to replicate yeah. that kind of production. Absolutely. So, I mean, for me, Jamin one, Boogie Watson two, and you, you segued again, three is Drake Jackson, uh, free un, undrafted free agent uh, contract with the Lions. Uh, how Kentucky replaces Drake Jackson, most likely is going to be Quentin Wilson, uh, who played meaningful snaps at guard last year, has been Drake's backup. He has gotten to watch Jackson uh, uh, call the offensive line adjustments. He has gotten to see how Drake went about his business. Uh, but also Kentucky is experimenting, you know, with with depth at that position. So Quentin Wilson most likely will be your starter. Mm-hmm. But Luke Fortner has played some guard. Uh, Eli Cox has played some guard. I think they're just moving people around that offensive line. But replacing Drake Jackson is, is the yeah. third most difficult ta- challenge that I see for Kentucky in 2021. Well, last time we did this and you had to replace John Toth, those first few games of the season, we had snapping issues. It, I mean, it's the same thing with uh, like your long snapper issue or just yeah. any sort of, you don't realize what you got until you don't have it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and when we heard snapping issues, I think we anticipated some of it because they were going under center in addition to having a new center. But if snapping issues are a problem, we're we're losing whatever hair we have left. And when I say we, yeah. I mean me. Uh, <laughs> and so Mark it, I, I find it ironic, <laughs> Nick, that we, as we look at who Kentucky loses going into 2021, two of the top three were not drafted. We're unsigned free agents. So with Boogie Watson and Drake Jackson, I find that uh, a little ironic. But uh, that's how I see it. Number four. Uh, I'm going to probably go different than you on this one. Okay. I'm going to say that the fourth most difficult player for Kentucky to replace is Phil Hoskins, Ooh. defensive tackle. Uh, Phil Phil's played a lot of football, and and uh, I was vindicated when when Phil got drafted because I've been saying he was a pro for years, and and at times it didn't look that way, at times it did, but Phil's one of those guys that when you when, when when we watch this team actually get on the field is going to be missed uh especially with his height with his length at 6'5 312 pounds athletic defensive tackle obviously since he was drafted by the Carolina Panthers uh, they saw that in him uh but Phil did a lot of things that were not on the stat sheet he 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 provided interior pressure for the quarterback he got those long arms up in the passing mm-hmm. lane he was solid against the run. 
So uh, it may not jump off of what Phil did on the stat sheet, uh, but I think he's going to be hard to replace because, uh, again, Kentucky does not have length now on that defensive line. Uh, Phil Hoskins at 6'5", Quentin Bohanna at 6'5", don't have that now. So Phil Hoskins is, is my number four most difficult player to replace going into 2021. You know what, Freddie? I can agree with you just because it goes back to putting pressure on the quarterback. And even if he didn't get home a lot, he was still there causing errant throws that often left interceptions. Uh, you know, yeah. 16 led the SEC last year. So, yeah, I, I'm with you, Freddie. Now, I, I would, I, in a normal year, I would say the same thing about the guy he was lined up next to in Quentin Bohanna. But the thing is, Bully's pretty darn good. And they were, like, yeah. You normally don't find noses that are that explosive, but like somehow UK is just absolutely stacked at that position from McCall yeah. to Rogers to Ox, yeah. Hayes. But they're actually loaded at that spot. So I'm not going to say that Bohanna is next. Right. No, I'm going to go with, uh, with Kelvin Joseph is next. Mm -hmm. uh, due to the fact that Carrington Valentine has what, three starts as a career? Yeah, three career starts, so not a lot of experience. But he did play well uh, in the uh, in the Gator Bowl. Six tackles, a forced fumble, and, and from all accounts, that staff is really high on Carrington Valentine. Uh, but Kelvin Joseph, here's here's why I have him at this position, at this spot in our list because of production, four interceptions. Mm -hmm. That's hard to replace. Yeah. Uh, plus, Carrington Valentine is. is is somewhat inexperienced and needs development. That's why we, we circle back to the to the uh, who's going to replace Clink scale. But I have Kelvin Joseph next, and uh, I think he's going to be difficult to replace, just like all these all these guys. But uh, that's who I have next is uh, Boss Man Fat Nick. Oh, Boss Man Fat, who could he's his first game of the year is going to be against Tom Brady. In the Super Bowl <laughs> champs, how crazy would it be if if we got a Tennessee replication and we get Boss Man housing Brady going pick six? Yeah. That'd be pretty. Yeah, cool. how about that? That would be cool. Do you know Brady almost set the record for most consecutive games with a pick six last year? He was really close to it. He had yeah. three. I think the record's four. That's yeah, that's something. <laughs> uh, yeah, going against the goat in your first time out. But uh, what do you think of that pick? No, no, you're you're spot on because it, as much as he could have been a headache at times and as confident as we are about Carrington Valentine, four interceptions, four interceptions, hadn't been done at UK in a decade. And he did it in nine yeah. games. Like that's – Right. It speaks for itself. Um, now, I, I, I'm not sure where you're going to go next, though. But I well, would probably be inclined to go to special teams. And pick the best punter who ever punted punts in the history of punting footballs. Well, Nick, you kind of nailed it. That's where I I'm did? going next. Oh, yeah. man. I thought you might stick with the corners and stay with Eccles. No, no. I'm going with Max Duffy. But the reason I have Max so low on this list is not because that I pretend to know the ins and outs and the, and the fundamentals of punting. Even though I was a career backup punter. Did yeah. you know that, Nick? Yeah. You did? You do have it, it, one career punt? Is that correct? One career punt, a bunch of quick kicks. Ah. I did, yeah. But oh, The old quick kick. <laughs> but, but you know, I've, I've told this story before in, uh, on this podcast. Is 
the only time I was ever scared on a football field, the one one time, is when I had to punt against Mississippi State. That is a scary proposition for me. I don't know why, you know, because I got the crap kicked out of me for years, and I was used to getting hit and being pressured and all that. But uh, going out there, out on an island, catching the ball. I don't know what it was. I, it freaked me out. I mean, I, I caught it and kicked it as quick. I think it went like 30 yards. I don't know, but uh, it freaked me out. So, yeah, that, Freddie, that's a tough position, man. I need you to do – I need you to try to explain this for me because I've never understood why it was a thing. And it really was only a thing like in the, you know, late 80s, early 90s. What, what, what was the strategy and the thinking behind the quick kick? Uh, well, that, uh, you put the quarterback in shotgun formation. So the defense doesn't know, doesn't know that you're going to punt. Right. There's it's nobody, there's nobody, there's nobody back deep. And in all seriousness, they taught us to catch and then punt to a spot to go out of bounds. So we wasn't looking for distance. We were looking for, for a spot. So we're trying to pin the defense back. And, uh, so that, that's what we did. We just tried, we tried to kick it towards the corner, uh, you know, probably about the 10 and let whatever happens when the ball hits. But yeah, I did that a bunch. So Gosh, and I, I hate it so much because you're just I giving up and you're giving up a down now. I, I it, like we, we I did so, too, but I, you think about it. If you're a quarterback, you'd much rather do that than just sacked. chunk one down. Well, no, just chunk it downfield because most likely be intercepted and get an arm and then pick. that looks bad on you yeah uh, yeah but i as a fan i'd rather see an arm pick than just waving the white flag on third down gosh that it we we did do the there was value i, I my high school punter he actually was a louisville's punter uh, on their sugar bowl team he was our quarterback so we would line up in shotgun on like fourth and three and then he'd kick it and it'd roll you know he had a 64 yard punt just because nobody was back yeah. there so i see some value in it but like Man, the just giving up on third down is the part, spot that kills me. I could see on fourth and short, and you want to make them think you're going for it, but not not just waving the towel on third down. That that, <laughs> that would incense me. But no, I yeah. I digress. Back back to the, the the rankings. Yeah. So I have Max. Uh, next, I'm going back to corner. Brandon Eccles. Uh, reason he's low is, is again is not a reflection on him. But I do think with Cedric Dort having that year as a starter in the number one pass defense in the SEC, that proves that has merit to me. And, and I like experience at that position. Uh, so Brandon Eccles is next for me. Brandon had a good career at Kentucky, obviously, which translated to him being drafted by the Jets. Uh, 24 games, 22 starts, uh, was consistent, didn't have a high number, <clears throat> excuse me, of interceptions, uh, but was consistent at that position. Great tackler. Excellent tackler against the run. Uh, but having Cedric Dort there to step into that role, that's why I have him where I, where I have him listed. Yeah, and I would uh, – I, I would maybe even – now that in Clink's absence, maybe even consider bumping him up even more. But – Yeah. Um, I did see they, they already had – the Jets already had that rookie minicamp. He looked good in the, the old he Gotham did. green, as they call it, which is <laughs> a cool – that is a pretty cool – the Jets are bad at everything, but Gotham green is a very cool nickname. Yeah. I, I like the older Jets <clears throat> uniforms. With the uh, 
yeah. with the little circle on their helmets and the oh, white you like, helmets. You like the circle? See, yeah. I grew up in the uh, where they had the line, and it was like Vinny Testaverde. Yeah, they, they went back to the circle. I think with Chad Pennington. I like Chad Pennington yeah. too. That was my uh, that was my practice jersey when I played pee wee football. It was a you know adult extra large size Chad Pennington jersey on you know a little <laughs> eight year old kid. <laughs> Chad Pennington, a fellow Versailles person. So yeah. yeah. Uh Sayre, is that right? He coaches a Sayre? He does. He does. Great guy, by the way. Uh, you know, they they mentioned guy. him. Feldman mentioned him for the the Marshall job when it came open. Oh, did he? Which is <laughs> like, I don't know if he's gonna take that job, but you know, it's kind of cool. Well, next I have Quentin Bohannon. And I have him lower on the list because you talked about it earlier, not uh, I mean, I think Quentin Bohanna is a, fan, a fantastic uh, – he's a pro, obviously. And, and I think the world of Quentin uh, off the field as well. But uh, the reason I have him listed down in, in on this is because of what you talked about earlier. Marcon McCall and Justin Rogers are two, uh, two uh, very good football players that are ready to, to take more snaps with Quentin's absence. Uh, so uh, that's why I have him down here. I think Marquand uh, understands that this is a contract year per se for him, mm-hmm. uh, for him going to the NFL. It's very important for him uh, to have a big year, to play more snaps, to get himself in shape, uh, to be more consistent. And then I think Justin Rogers, uh, we've seen flashes from him uh, to be that next guy. So I think Kentucky – Nick, and quite, uh, to be honest, has, I think, Kentucky, you could look at three consecutive nose tackles to to get drafted and to play at a high level for Brad White in that defense. So, Quentin Bohanna's next for me. Yeah, and I'll just put a bow on it because, I mean, same thing applies for Landon Young because Darian Kennard is potentially yeah. a first-round pick next year. So, it's like, you know, yeah. no offense, Landon. <laughs> you were great, you know, four-year starter, former five-star recruit started a gajillion games but you know darian canard's really good <laughs> yeah yeah well again segues right into my next uh pick as far as uh difficulty in replacing is landon young and that's not again that's nothing against landon landon was a multi all sec multi-year all sec player now in new orleans uh playing for the saints uh so very rarely do you replace an all SEC left tackle with an all American right tackle. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what Kentucky's doing here by moving Darren Kennard from right to left. Uh, that will help his draft stock. Uh, being Kennard will help his draft stock. And, and I think, uh, I think you see a, a high level continuing at that left tackle position and much like, like nose tackle, Nick, I think you could see Kentucky. Starting with Landon Young, you could see three consecutive left tackles go on to play in the NFL. Landon Young, Darren Kennard, and then if if the trajectory stays on path, mm-hmm. Keontae Goodwin. So, yeah, pretty good. Uh, pretty good. That that's that's a good uh, uh, three uh, level left tackle that Kentucky's going to have. So Landon Young's my next pick. I like it. I like it, Freddie. And then uh, the uh, after Landon, I'm going to go A.J. Rose, but with a caveat. Okay. I don't think – I think A.J. Rose is highly underappreciated. I understand that fans got mad at the 
at the Ole Miss situation when he threw the threw the, up the hands the yeah. deuces up before mm-hmm. and got caught. I understand that. I understand the frustration with Chris Rodriguez not having a high number of carries. But AJ Rose finished his career in the top as the tenth ranked running back in the history of the program as far as yards. All right, th- think of Kentucky football. What positions do you think of? You think of running back, and you think of linebacker and punters. Are the and punters, <laughs> but but, but yeah. seriously, it, th- those those two positions have produced a lot of pros. Those p- two positions have produced a lot of historically great players in Kentucky history. For AJ Rose to leave ranked tenth in all all time rushing yards, and a number that I'm going to point to that will be missed is A.J. Rose averaged 5.8 yards per carry for a career. That is third in the history of Kentucky football. That's a lot of production to replace. Yeah. yeah. I, I understand. I understand that that that, that, that people have issues with, with the Ole Miss game. I get it. But I think A.J. Rose is vastly underrated and underappreciated in his spot in Kentucky football history. Well, uh, and, 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 but not with me. I I, re- I respect AJ Rose, and I respect the, and I appreciate the career that he had as a Wildcat. And Freddie, I think it's just the victim of who he was surrounded by. Chris Rod- Benny, Benny Snell's all-time leading rusher. They came in the same class, and then Chris Rodriguez has emerged as being one of the best ever too. It's it's like the guys in the '80s, uh, like Mark yeah. Logan gets overshadowed by Mark Higgs yeah, and George Adams, you know, like. But yeah. he was a very good running back in his own right. Some of it's just yeah. a product of your surroundings. Yeah, I mean, you had Mark Logan, Mark Higgs, Ivy Joe Hunter, mm-hmm. uh, Alfred Rawls, Al Baker, Terry Samuels, Andy Murray. I could go on and on uh, because those were my teammates. <laughs> you know, I, I totally understand it, but. Mm-hmm. You know, the 10th leading rusher in program history, regardless of what what folks may think, is going to be missed. However, as far as roster management, you have Chris Rodriguez Jr. You have Cavassier Smoke. You have Juton McClain. Yeah. Yeah. And Lavelle Wright, man, he sounds like he's done some stuff too. So Lavelle Wright is going to take off at Kentucky. It may not be this year. Because the need won't be there, the carries won't be there. Mm-hmm. But as he evolves in this football program, Lavelle Wright, I think, is in line to be one of those in-state running backs that has a great career at Kentucky, like Mark Higgs, like Artus Penner, uh, like Mark Logan, <laughs> George Adams. I mean, I'm not comparing them to those guys yet because I've not seen him play at the college setting yet. But folks are really, really high on Lavelle Wright. But going back to A.J. Rose, underappreciated, undervalued, uh, but I think he's going to be missed. No, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Freddie. Um, just like Steve Klinkscale will be missed. We'll, we'll see how that situation unfolds in the coming weeks. Uh, but there's no doubt that that's a, that's a huge loss from Kentucky's coaching staff. Yes, it is. Uh, we're going to finish this thing up with a shout-out uh, to Lindsey Wilson football, your national That was champions. awesome. Yeah. I, that was great. I had some close friends who were on the early teams at Lindsey Wilson when they first resurrected the program after yeah. 75 years of not playing football. They brought it back in 2010 
and it only took him a decade to get to the top of the mountaintop. Like, that's awesome. Good job, guys. Absolutely. Great job. The state of Kentucky is proud of Lindsey Wilson football. Uh, brings back a national championship. You know, if you travel down that road, is that the Western Kentucky Parkway or is that? It's, it's a different one. I forget what they call it. Uh, you can see the stadium off the road. Yeah, right? yeah, I know. Which, I know the road because because didn't they want to make it like an interstate? Something like it was going to be an I something, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But either way, I know that road. It's times. a cool stadium. Yeah, yeah, it's a great stadium. They did it the right way. They built the facility. And then recruited the players. That roster is filled with Kentucky uh, players that, that played high school in the state of Kentucky. So, and they dominated off, too, job. man. They kicked now, the crap they, out of their opponents. <laughs> there was there was no doubt. They left no yeah, doubt. I mean, right. They won a championship. I think forty five to thirteen. Uh, <laughs> beat Northwestern uh, forty five to thirteen. So, great job, Lindsey Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're proud of you. We're happy for you. And, and you did us proud. So very, very proud of, of Lindsey Wilson winning a national championship. So, yep. uh, I mean, that's, that's it. I think I, that's all we got. We got, we got to listen to Vince Merrill coming up. That's what I'm about. Ready yeah. To we got KSR. Yeah. Liam Cohen good. will be on there Friday too. So, uh, we got plenty of football talk happening this week. A new yeah, we personnel came out. There's plenty of football talk. I get a bad, yep. but to get you through the week. So football never stops Absolutely. in the bluegrass Friday. Never stops. Uh, this podcast is made possible by our friends at LA Coatings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate them. We're going to have a special announcement with LA Coatings next week and uh, something that, that's near and dear to our hearts. But we sure do appreciate them being a part of this podcast. We thank you for listening. We thank you uh, for being a part of a part of this podcast. Uh, hopefully you'll tell your friends and you'll download and whatever else you got to do. Mm-hmm. Since I got these new ear pods, I can... I'm, I'm all techie now, so you know I, I'm I've joined the 21st century. So you made uh, it. Thank you. you. Did it. I've made it. Well, thanks, Nick. I appreciate it, and uh, have a great week, my man. You too, Freddie. Go Cats. All right, buddy. <laughs>